Hello, everybody, and welcome to the DevThink podcast with your negligent host, Sean, and your other host, Nicola. Yeah, for the I second s- time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a bit ways into the show when I suddenly noticed I wasn't recording, <laughs> which means there's no show. So welcome back. I'm glad. I hope you uh, like this warmed over retake. We only got through one story, so it's fine. Um, it's fine. Although before in the first take that you, that you didn't take, English is interesting. Um, I actually said, said that this is the best intro song ever. And too Absolutely. bad that the podcast is not, you know, hugely successful. Yes. For and... multiple reasons for this, you know, song to actually get proper audience. And of course, with that audience comes more audience for us, a.k.a. more Range Rover money. And, you know, that's it. <laughs> Oh, and also, since I'm screwing up all over the place, I also went first. And when I announce, you go first. And when you announce, I go first. So actually, it's on you, my Croatian. Wow. Brother. So, wow, this is great. So you went first and you also, you know, just, oh, my first lane. Ah, uh, I don't know, Sean. I don't know. I should fire you probably. I'm getting old <laughs> for this. You can cut my pay in half. Uh, What's half of zero? <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're right. Cool. Okay, so the title of my uh, first link is The Humanization of Social Media. It is by a guy uh, called Ambrose Little, uh, which we both know. He was at the time our boss at some point. Am I right? I never worked with him. He left. Oh. I met him before I worked there, and then he quit before I started working there. Interesting. Anyways, so I said, you know, one guy and, you know, if by very small, small chance that he actually listens to this and he's like, well, F you, although he doesn't speak like that, like me. Um, what do you mean? You know, some guy. So, yeah, uh, our dear friend, uh, Ambrose Little wrote this one. And oh, man, this is li- like a very long post. It says here on Medium that it's 14 minutes long. I don't know if you super speed read through it. But the point is there are multiple points. but one I'm going to focus on is social media is changing us for, well, let's say for the worst, right? And he talks about this fact of, hey, so you have friends on Facebook. Are those actual friends that you would actually in real life sit down and, you know, talk? Maybe not. So go and, you know, filter that list out. Maybe not necessarily on or unbefriend them or unfriend them so that, you know, someone doesn't get offended or whatever, but at least try to unfollow them so that you don't get, you know, their posts with which, again, this is also one of the points, you may totally disagree and then you go in and you comment on that stuff. And, I mean, we all know that commenting on internet just makes really no sense. Um, So, honestly, it made me think to go through my 600-something quote-unquote friends on Facebook and literally just, you know, trim this down by, wow, I don't even know, tenfold? Probably. Anyways, that's my first link. That's your conclusion? My conclusion is that I need to trim down on my Facebook friends list. All right. Well, I think... uh... A lot of social media is more of a consume only thing and it's not a friends thing. Like I don't really use Facebook. I have a Facebook account. I go on there, but just for audiobook related things for a narrator group that I am a part of. 
but I don't actually go to like friends pages or post on my homepage or wall or whatever it's called. I just, you know, do specific things and then I close the, the browser. But just from reading a bunch of stuff, there's a lot of negative emotions and things that are involved in that because of course the things that are out there are the things that are designed to make you angry or afraid or strongly react because they want you to read as much as possible because they make money based on ads. So, uh, it's not, I don't think the friends are the problem. I think the entire infrastructure is a huge problem, but let's jump from something negative where people are intentionally doing things to hurt other people for their own financial gain to talk about, in my mind, a hero. And that would be Captain Brett Crozier, who, until recently, was the commander of the USS Roosevelt of the United States Navy. And over 150 people on the ship tested positive for COVID-19. So he addressed his people and wrote email to various people saying, we need to get people off of the ship and into quarantine for a couple weeks and stop the spread of this. And the email got leaked to, I don't know how, I don't know if he did it intentionally or someone he sent it to forwarded it to someone else, but it got into the news. And as a result, the United States Navy decided that the right thing to do was to fire Captain Crozier. They kicked him off the ship, made him go home. Uh, I don't know if he actually went home or they arrested him or if he's kicked out of the Navy or what, but all I know is he was relieved of his command and that basically is means he was fired. And to show you what his people thought of him, this is as he's leaving the ship, he's walking down the stairs off the ship onto dry land. Here is the reaction he got from his people. Now that's how you send out one of the greatest captains you ever had. So hundreds of people, at least maybe thousands, I don't know, applauding for this man due to their respect for him. And the Navy fired his ass. So keep an eye on the news for the name Brett Crozier, Captain Brett Crozier of the U S Navy. And I hope we don't see anything about him being punished any further for this. I think he should uh, be reinstated and have all of his credibility restored because I think he's a hero. And I just wanted to make sure his name is out there and that people have heard of him. So that's it for me. Let me just step down from my soapbox and we'll continue on to the next story. And this story is actually very, very, very quick. It is, the link is going to be to Pluralsight, uh, which is an online learning pro, uh, platform, as they call it, like Udemy and similar, right? The thing is, they are, in my opinion, one of the more professional ones, not to say the most professional one. Maybe it is, you know, I won't endorse or whatever. But the thing is that in the whole April, they basically gave all their courses for free, which is a big thing if you consider that uh, if so, if they're not the most quality, although I would say they are, they are definitely one of the most expensive ones. So there you have it. They're free for the full full April. Go use that. Right. You know, go actually learn something and you're inside. You can't go anywhere. So you might as well not binge on Netflix, but, you know, actually learn something. Sounds like a great idea. I mean, you have all this time. Everyone's like, oh, I'd like to learn a program or I'd like to learn to sew or I'd like to learn whatever. I just don't have time. Well, right now you got almost nothing but time. So, yeah, you know what people won't have after this? 
excuse. Oh, I don't have... Oh, really, you don't? Ha, ha, ha. Yep. Well, speaking of time and investing time in becoming the best in something, my next link is going to be to a YouTube video. It's from Wired Magazine, and it's titled How This Guy Stacks Playing Cards Impossibly High. And this guy has spent the last 12 years professionally his entire job is he builds basically houses of cards towers buildings many stories high he has beaten more so many guinness records that one he doesn't even know how many he's beaten and two many of the records he's beaten have been his own records that he just surpassed and it's really great he gets paid to do things like go to a mall in you know, some foreign country and build a replica of a local famous building in cards. He was hired around the time of the Olympics in China to go and create a replica of the Olympic stadium that they had built with playing cards. He's built a, I, I, I might be misquoting, but I think it was something like a 12 story high house of cards and he doesn't use glue tape or anything. He just has a method for stacking cards where it can support a massive, massive amount of weight. So to, to the point where when they get torn down, even just taking a leaf blower and blowing them does, don't, doesn't knock them down. So it's pretty amazing stuff. And then I'll add in a second link just as a bonus. I won't go into as much detail, but there's another guy who's full-time. He's made his own full-time job of stacking rocks. He goes to a river or a creek and he stacks rocks, and he's so good at doing this that it looks impossible because it looks like the rocks should fall over because one is hanging way out to the left, one is hanging way out to the right, and then at the very top he has one that's perched on a little tiny angle corner which just doesn't look right. And he, he stacks these, and he makes videos of it, and he takes photographs, and I, I don't know how he makes money. Maybe he sells the photos of these creations, but it's pretty cool. So these are people that have a lot of time and patience. And I think part of the reason I bring this up is in times like this, when there's a lot of stress and a lot of people are stir crazy, picking up a hobby that requires you to slowly, calmly, patiently engage in an activity with your full focus and not be worrying about other stuff and not be thinking about, you know, what you're going to do after or what you're going to have for dinner it will provide some peace, maybe a, like a meditative type of outlet. You know, even if you're going to put together a jigsaw puzzle, which I know a lot of people like to do, that is something where it requires you to pay at least a certain amount of attention and you can kind of get lost in it for a little while that when you're done, you realize you haven't been worried about the same stupid day-to-day -day stuff you are, you're usually thinking about when you have a spare moment and your brain decides to, uh, harass you, you are kind of in a different state. And I think we all need that from time to time, especially now. Cool. Actually, in that case, my next link will uh, fit in this perfectly because it's from our dear author called James Clear, of course. And the title is How Positive Thinking Builds Your Skills, Boosts Your Health, and Improves Your Work. And in the usual James Clear way, he uh, 
brings multiple topics together and then it all fits into place. But here, basically what he's talking about that positive thinking is not just kind of like new age, woo woo, kind of like bullshit, whatever. It actually has some science behind it. He goes into examples of that where they actually did studies of, you know, people doing something positively, like making them, uh, let's say, do or hear something positive and then actually perform some tests and they were unbelievably better at it than people who were the control group versus versus the people that were, you know, let's say scared of something. And then he goes and back and ties it back to why this is so important. Why when we're stressed, when we're uh, anxious, when we're uh, afraid of something, why we can't perform. And that goes way, 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 way back when, when you were, you know, walking as a, Bushman, you know, through the forest and uh, a tiger jumps ahead of you, you literally had one thing to do, run as fast as you can, you know? So, and then he comes back and he's like, look, these things basically do the same to our brain because our brain did not evolve as we did. Uh, So that's why we don't have the capacity to react differently and that's why this so you start thinking about one bad thought then immediately next third fifth 50th and next you know it you're worrying about i don't know your grandchildren and you're 15 i mean i'm making this stuff up as i go but you get the point right anyways positive thinking for the win and yeah that's it all right and the last link I have is a, a story. It's a little tale about a young boy named Pierre Rossini. And this young man grew up in a nice, friendly, happy home with a good mother and a father. And he grew up to be a drug dealer and <laughs> involved in a life of crime and ended up in prison for a couple of murders that he didn't do. So this Allegedly. link... Uh, I believe it. I've, I've read the story. I've read the full novel. There's a book called Devil Exposed. It's on the website. Well, it's on Kindle. It's on Amazon. But there's a shorter version of the story on InsideTrueCrime.com, which is the site I may have mentioned on a previous episode uh, by a guy named Matthew B. Cox, who is an author and an ex-prisoner. So he spent time in prison for his own crimes, which... I'll get to another time. And while he was in there, he met other prisoners. He ended up writing books about their life stories and their crimes. And he wouldn't just believe what they said. He would also find news articles. He would also file Freedom of Information Act requests to get actual court transcripts so we can see exactly what happened in the trial, actual copies of the evidence, you know, the paper documents. So he wasn't just writing with these criminals and con artists and thieves and thieves and drug dealers told him he was verifying the information. And one of the stories is called devil exposed. It's about this guy named Pierre Rossini and the devil exposed in this book is not Pierre Rossini. There's a much greater villain. And, uh, that person is in fact high up in the United States government and has been in the news very heavily within the last year. It's a name that probably every American knows and every American has heard. And this person, according to these documents, which are actual, you know, documents from trials and discovery show that this person has 
lied, committed perjury, and seems to be responsible for covering up wrongdoings by federal agents to protect his own ass politically. So, very interesting story. Devil Exposed. You can just Google Devil Exposed on Google, but the link is on InsideTrueCrime.com. And if you're really interested, you can get the book on Kindle. Um, I don't make any money off of it. I'm just telling you it exists. And check out the stuff by Matthew Cox. So that is my last link. It is there for uh, entertainment value. And that is all that we have for this week. Any final words? Any final words? The final word is, so we're approaching my 100, well, mine, our 100 episodes, uh, 100 episode, hashtag English is hard, at which point I think we may fairly uh, change the name to conspiracytheories.com. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to cancel the show at 100 episodes. You're right. We should because, yeah, drug dealers and whatnot, man. What have we resorted to? All right. Bye-bye. Bye.